Ready to go? We'll just jump yeah. right in, man. Okay. Let's let me, do it. Let's do it. Get my stupid pen to work. I don't know if I wrote on writable paper, I guess that would probably help. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, part three in three, two. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part three of my interview with uh, Lucas. And uh, how's it going, man? It's it's what Wednesday, September sixth. So, um, how are you recovering from nationals? Start there. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 uh, I'm putting myself back together. I think it's always emotionally and physically uh, draining to go to those events and. It's kind of, you know, as you know, it's hard to come back to normal life after kind of such a fun, stimulating, uh, you know, three or four days. It really is. And, um, you know, when I, when you hopped on Zoom, uh, you started talking about, I had to like stop you because I, I really wanted to record this piece because, um, you know, I, I, I crash hard post dodgeball weekends. I know Joey does and I'm sure other people do. And it's, it's kind of, um, refreshing to hear that you as well do that because, um, you know, for the longest time I thought it was just like coming off of the high mix with alcohol, but, um, I haven't really drank much since like April, um, for various reasons. And the crash is still very real, especially for me who had probably not as much of an experience as you did. I mean, I, I played two, two, two days and then I did the, um, I made a brief, brief appearance at the, one of the after parties and that was it for me. I was, I was ready to go home and you know, I still have that, like, man, that, like, I don't know, like, is it, is it like melancholy? Like, how, how would you describe your crash before I ramble? Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, I, whenever I'm at these events, I'm just so stimulated. Like, you know, you're bouncing from one game to the next, to the next, to the next. And then, you know, when, when one division's over, the next one is starting. And as soon as that one is over, you're going to dinner and you're going to a party and you're, you know, you're meeting people. It's just nonstop. And then when you, it kind of reminds me of what you and Casey were talking about, about kind of transitioning from like military life or like armed service life to like civilian life, kind of going from like a hundred miles an hour to like all of a sudden, like no stimuli and and uh and having to like really re-engage with whatever it was that you were doing before you left for the tournament and uh, you know i today and yesterday i noticed on on social media just you know everyone's kind of posts either you know like thanking thanking the organizers or kind of thanking their teammates or just kind of like recapping the event and and when I see those, I definitely see those as kind of like people's way of kind of like processing that experience and kind of moving forward or trying to move forward right into that next thing. And I, I think writing and reflecting are good ways to um, to kind of move into that space. I, I, there was a point yesterday where I sat on the front porch and just took out a notepad and just started writing like some of my favorite memories from the weekend. And, and I, I wrote down, you know, like some of the, you know, the toughest moments too. And um, it was nice to like make that time for myself. And, and I, I think 
I think, um, yeah, it's, I think it's important to do because those, these weekends are a lot and we're, you know, we're preparing for them and there's a lot of, um, a lot that goes into it and a lot that happens and, um, it can be hard to leave it behind and move forward. Yeah. I was kind of like snickering earlier because going back to whatever it was that we we're doing before this is a, is a great way to, to, to put it, especially, um, not to speak for Casey, but you know, when we go overseas and we come back, we're like, what, what the hell are we doing for all this? Like, what, what, what even are we right now? And, um, I mean, this is the only time this season that I'm going to regret not doing recaps because I, maybe I'm realizing that might've been a cathartic thing for people to come home, recover, share videos, share posts, do the gratitude thing, and then look forward to boom, part one, you know, open recap, women's recap, co-ed recap. But, uh, I just don't have it in me right now to, to do that. Hopefully Kim is, is onto something, but, um, mm. you're kind of, yeah, kind of give me, um, yeah, kind of give me like reason to, to maybe want to do it again next, mm. next year. Um, cause I'm, I'm also realizing for me too, like, like the weekend would extend into the recaps for me. And so, yeah, anyway, um, I like what you, I like that you said you like to write good memories and you know, I, I almost did this, but I didn't want to steal your thunder, but I was about to put a shout outs thread. Um, because I was like, I was, and I was waiting for it, man. Not to call you out like that or put you on the spot, but um, I, I feel like you should do that. I feel like that's a, you know, that's a Pacific Northwest Northwest thing. Um, and, and if you don't, I will. But I, I kind of started by posting on Zarin Stone's wall of like stairgates where people were like, you know, when they close us out at eleven on was it Saturday night, and yeah. everyone like everyone piled into the elevators, and me just being, I don't know, me. Just like, I'm going to go against the herd. I'm just going to go down the stairs because I'm in no rush and I don't want to be waiting in the hallway. And then people freaking followed me. <laughs> like, it's it such a funny thing. Cause it was like Zarin and I think maybe his, uh, his girlfriend or, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it was a friend of his and then miles and then like Asia. And then like, I'm like 10 flights, like past them. I'm just flying down these stairs and then I'm like, Oh my God, they're they're following me. Oh, oh no. What have I done? <laughs> but you know, there's, there's what's that? I love it. I love yeah. it. I know those stairs well because, um, the fire, fire alarm went off for, for my floor on Saturday night at like 4am. That was me. Um, so <laughs> I set that off to mess with Bill. <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, but I, I'm not above that in the future. Casey's listening. But I, I, you know, what I do remember, we were on the 14th floor and I remember like thinking, I was like, this stairwell is endless. So you, you, you guys hiked down from what the 28th floor or whatever that was. Yeah. So when I realized they're following me and I realized I was leading them to ruin, I went all the way down to find where the actual lobby is. So I went down to like zero parking lot and then back up to floor eight to ensure that we can get out because <laughs> the last thing I want to do is like lock us in there. I would, I would feel terrible for the rest of my life. So I get a little workout in, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we went down 20 flights of stairs and, uh, have you ever played uh final fantasy seven by chance? I remember it. I do. I remember it. I, I have a definitive memory sitting in my friend's basement on PlayStation one and watching him freaking game ever. 
but yeah, when you're raiding the Shinra building, you have a choice of two. You could go in guns blazing or you could take the stairs and it's like, it's like a <laughs> meme because there's so many stairs you go up in this video game and that's what I was thinking about the whole time. It's kind of cool for me, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say earlier, like I'm sure that is one of countless experiences people had just outside the court that you don't, uh, you, you, don't you don't get anywhere else and to to... To go back to your comment about moving, going 100 miles an hour to 20, it's it's beyond just like the physical exertion. It's, I mean, you know, you're seeing people you haven't seen all year. Some people I have not seen in years. Like a lot of old, like older people that I've just not seen. Period have turned up as well. It's like kind of like a reunion. And then you're in this new city, and just for this like three day period, nothing matters outside the arena. It was such an awesome experience and. Um, I definitely did not have that last year and I'm so glad I came back to experience it this year and, and kind of justify why I even put up with this crap. But, um, mm -hmm. how, how do you, um, like, like, so you mentioned, I guess you mentioned like kind of posting thoughts, kind of processing them. Um, you know, are you already looking at next season with the team? Are you still kind of just laying off, laying low for a little bit? Or are you back playing open gym? Like some people here in cactus in Phoenix. Yeah, um, I'm definitely not thinking about next season yet. Um, I actually messaged the team kind of like some final words and told them to take some take some weeks off and <laughs> and uh, celebrate all the work that they had put into this journey. Um, so fortune stuff is definitely like on hold right now, which is nice. Nice. Um, I think it's important to kind of like make make room for those those kind of like make room for the the end of something and the beginning of the next thing. Um, for sure. I did. I did have that Tuesday night no sting league last night at the park. So I went out there and got to throw some balls around in a very casual setting, but. Um, I, I only I went out of obligation. Like I definitely, if if I wasn't signed up, I probably would have avoided all dodgeball. <laughs> um, but I I feel like I don't know. Like I I think there is a temptation to just keep going, keep pushing, you know, like keep keep going to events and and I feel like for me and and I know personally like. When I when I finish like hosting a big tournament, I'm very tempted to like start planning another one, you know. And I I don't really give myself this the time and self care needed to like reflect and like have a life outside of the grind, the dodgeball hosting grind. Um, so I, I think that can be the case for tournaments too. Sometimes it's important to like carve out a little bit of time to um transition yeah i i feel that because you know some of us uh we're already talking about next year and changes we got to make and part of me is like yes let's just focus on you know coming back stronger and doing all the things that i meant to do last year but didn't but then also kind of like you i'm like i should probably give the guys a break and let a couple weeks pass before we start the rebuild and I wouldn't really know too much because it's been a very long time since I've held an event. Um, I think I was just so eager to be done with it. I was never really looking forward to the next one. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, 
what what a what a gift we have you know just at the end of the day like to to be able to have something like this it's uh i i i was flying home with just a lot of like gratitude for everything just the fact that um this evolved from 2005 the ndl barnstorming days to you know what elite did with it to usa taking over to you know just that we the fact that we still have this opportunity once a year and i'm definitely looking at next year with a lot more optimism and and dedication than than before so i think that's like how i'm kind of hoping or dealing with the crash but fortunately army keeps me super busy so i've got other crap to worry about anyway but um this first two days were just like man what just happened um i'm sure you'll you'll come back to normal pretty soon i mean are you, are you able to talk about like um i know we kind of talked about last last episode like the thing uh some things just coming up in your area um over the next couple months or yeah 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 i can um well I, I, before i jump into that i just wanted to piggyback on what you were saying about feeling gratitude on your way home and i re i really felt the same way i just it was such a special event to me. I feel like I'm at people laugh at me when I say this, but I feel like I've, I'm at like a place in my dodgeball career where I don't take these events for granted. And I know that one day I won't be participating kind of at the level that I am now. And so with that, I, I try to really appreciate and and savor the event and this this one like it did it felt really special like i just like the connections like hearing your stairwell gate um <laughs> was awesome and i feel like everyone has their own little example right like yeah. a little adventure or conversation they had with someone or or sharing an old memory or or hearing a story about a time that they were involved in that they had forgotten about and you know when when you reconnect with that person you haven't seen for years and um and for me personally it was really special traveling with all the seattle players like we we had um we had a giant airbnb and and it, it was just you know like when you have like a 10 person plus like airbnb like it's very easy for that to go sideways. I can imagine. <laughs> and, and it was like, it was really nice. It was really, really fun. And it, it felt like a family. And, um, you know, I just came back so, so grateful and, and, um, you know, really, really grateful to all the organizers because that event was huge. And I'm sure it just took tons and tons of work to put on. So it was really nice to be able to come as a participant pent and just enjoy it yeah no i hear you on the uh not taking every event for granted i told one of my teammates uh because he's like I, I was only going or he's like i wanted to play because i thought this was your last one i was like dude at my age and with my career like any game whether it's open gym league or tournament could be my last one and that's just how the attitude i'm taking moving forward now and um mm -hmm. I just realized something and then we'll, we'll move on. But like for me personally, um, you know, coming back from Kazakhstan, you know, I spent every day with um, six people that were just complete strangers prior and obviously hanging out with them, coming from different walks of life, even different branches. We got really close and then we 
we dissipated. And I just remember like, I don't know, like that, it's such a weird, it's like half loneliness, half gratitude coming back from Sky Harbor alone. I'm like, man, like literally five hours ago, I was with everybody and now, now everyone's mm-hmm. gone. This sucks, but it's also, this is really cool um, to even have the opportunity to experience that. And then um, I, I realized I had that feeling too with the Airbnb because we had um, a couple of Phoenix players with us and um, man, we were definitely going down memory lane quite a bit and same thing. Like we all, you know, some stayed behind an extra day. Um, you know, me and Asia drove to the airport and then we parted ways cause we we're both flying different airlines and back to that alone feeling like, well, I'm pretty sure I'll have to, I'll get to experience more of this, but what, what a great, um, feeling. And, um, if I may be cheesy, there's a really good, uh, quote I was thinking about when I came back from Kazakhstan and it, it kind of lands here. It's, um, I want to say it's A.A. Miles, um, the person that creates, do you ever watch uh, Winnie the Pooh? No, I haven't. You've never seen, really? You've never seen Wait, Winnie, what, Winnie the Pooh? Can you say that again? What was it called? Uh, Winnie the Pooh. Like, oh, I, I think I've seen like the super old, like animated Winnie the Pooh. Okay. People are gonna be like, what the heck are they talking about? Um Hundred Acre Woods, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's that's Chris Robin and the Owl and Rabbit and, and Kangaroo and Little like, oh my god, my childhood is interfering. But there's a there's a quote that says, uh, it's how lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. And that's uh it's a really cool thing that I started to live by lately. But um mm-hmm. we're very fortunate. Um and for anyone listening, I just I really hope that that's that's been expressed time and again. Um, but let's start, let's start talking about, uh, you know, current, future, past, and, and get into these crowdsource questions and, and wrap this baby up. And um, Do it. I, I like this. This is a good segue because now we can start talking about high dodgeball theory. And um, that's to help me with her name, Karen Van Der Dyken. Dyken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know her actually. I think we interacted briefly a long time ago on a project of mine. Um, anyway, uh, she asked, what's your training routine like? So yes. What is your training yeah. routine normally like? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Karen is a baller and she came with us to nationals and played, we played together in the mixed division, the mixed foam. So Karen and I teamed up and I really appreciated playing with her. Um, she's, she's based in Vancouver, BC. Um, what's my training like? Uh, well, um, I think at its peak, I'm not, I'm not at my peak right now, but at its peak, um, like in preparation for team USA stuff, um, I actually, hired brenda kramer to come up with like a workout plan for me so nice i i was doing like gym sessions three days a week um on top of like my normal kind of like dodgeball and then and i was probably playing in leagues like once or twice a week and i was also doing like a bullpen session maybe once a week um my goal was to really get in the best shape of my life. And um, I wanted to be really kind of explosive and agile 
because I, I was preparing to kind of play in the middle on Team USA and I wanted to be really dodgy and hard to hit. And um, and then like my, so Brenda helped me kind of make a program with kind of some of those goals in mind. Um, and then um, <clears throat> my bullpen sessions were designed to help me work on my mechanics, my like throwing mechanics and in a way that was like more sustainable where, where I wasn't like hurting my arm. Um, and part of that was learning like, um, like a band resistance band routine for warmups, uh, that, that I've found really, really w works really well for my, my shoulders and back and arms. And so now I, I try to do that before every, every time I play. Um, so I'll do that in the morning before I start at a tournament or before I start at a league. Um, so yeah. And then I guess on top of that, I'm always, I'm always playing like basketball. Like I have a couple pickup games that are regular and I will typically play like once, once a week. And that's to keep my cardio up. And, and my sister loves to run and she's always hitting me up for runs. So we go on like, you know, three, three mile runs together through the neighborhood. So I'm, I'm always, I basically say yes to any invitation to do like exercise or cardio. And then I try to do my own like individual work on top of that. Nice. How much time are you going to give yourself before you start uh, getting after it? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I'll probably, I'll probably, I'll probably take a break on dodgeball specific training like this week. Um, but I'll probably do like some basketball and some other form of exercise. I'm just like, I'm a, I have to, I have to be active. Like I need it. My mental health needs it. Um, I, you know, I kind of like stay up at night if I, if I'm not exerting physically. So, um, I'm always trying to do something. So I'll, I'll probably pause on the dodgeball stuff for now. I'll, I'll probably get back into it maybe next week or even a week and a half or two weeks. But um, I've already got hit up by one of my buddies to sign up for a basketball league on Wednesday nights. So I, I've already committed to doing that. And um, and I, I just brought my bike into the bike shop. So I'm getting my bike repaired. So yeah, the, the activities are, are still revving, revving back up. Nice. I definitely feel that on. I can go like three days of no activity and then I, it's just bad. Um, Manny Eckert asks, do you think drills are important for players to improve or just to play as much as possible? So I'm guessing mm -hmm. drills versus playing as much as possible. Yeah, this is, this is a really cool one. Manny is a Dodgeball Seattle player and he's a really high level ultimate Frisbee player. So I love kind of, hearing his perspective on the dodgeball community because he's at the like upper echelon of another kind of alternative sport and um and he's relatively new to the dodgeball scene and he's kind of picking it up really fast um as far as like best way for players to improve i i've always thought that pickup is a really good way for players to skill build 
um, to try things out and fail and experiment and try again. And um, in just like a low pressure environment where nobody is going to be mad at you for kind of like doing your own thing and, and uh, just kind of like ye yeeting the ball all over the court. Um, so I think pickup is like a great space for for kind of individual skill building um, and kind of exploring like what you can do as a player um, and expanding your game. I think that drills, he, he mentions drills. Um, dodgeball is such a new sport that like, you know, there's not, you know, I remember when I was coaching Team USA for the first time, like there wasn't like a packet of drills that I could just like fall back on, right? So a right. lot of dodgeballers have to invent their own drills. So I think if there's like an aspect of your game that you really want to drill or like get better at, um, finding ways to kind of like isolate like those those situations and and try to recreate them kind of in a in a setting. So for example, one of the things that I'm working on that is really frustrating for me is like I have a really hard time um, being accurate on throws with seven inch foam when I'm coming like out of the crouch in the corner and I'm like running and kind of exploding out of the crouch and like accelerating and I have a hard time throwing like from high to low like hitting my opponent like below their blocker as they're retreating just something about the spin of my ball and like that kind of acceleration make it really hard for me to find my release point. So I designed like a drill at the park a couple of weeks ago where I I like brought some measuring tape and I, I measured like 40 feet from this backstop and, and then I measured like 10 feet um, within that 40. So I, I kind of like created like where the midline would be like, you know, for the thrower where my back corner would be. And like, and I kind of set myself a goal to like pop out of the crouch and try to like catch them before they got back 10 feet. Um, so I was trying to hit this spot from, you know, um, 30 feet. Anyways, long story short, um, I, you know, it was fun to kind of like work on those specific things, but, um, so I think to answer Manny's question, um, I think drills are a good way to focus on like really specific aspects of dodgeball um, that are maybe your weaknesses or or things that are kind of holding you back. Um, but I, I still think there's just tons of value in going to pick up and just just playing and like flowing and trying stuff out and um, maybe even like mimicking like people that you have have really cool skills that you like to watch. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, like I put that, like playing as much as possible, especially in open, is good for skill building. But drills is where I think teams separate from. Have you ever heard the term like, oh yeah, they're a good open gym team? Have you ever heard that before from like describing a team or a team being described I, you to know, you? I've used it to like describe certain players. Right. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with that. Yeah, I think. Uh, you take two teams and you put one that's first of all stays together, develops like cohesion through drills, 
and then another team of like six really good players, but they're all like open gym all stars. The the discipline team's gonna win, and I I definitely think drills are like the next step. Same thing with like watching film, which is uh, crazy to me still after all the years I've been playing playing against um, protect your neck. Because I think we had them every round last year, and we knocked them out of nationals and. Zach, who I believe is their captain, said, uh, mm-hmm. we watched you guys last night. We watched our game from last year, last night, making sure to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. And I think if we had more time playing together and didn't just come out of nationals out of like, you know, out of the woodwork, um, it might have been a better showing for us. But they they completely they were a different team. And I was like, well, I mean, that's the difference between us and a team that's taking this seriously. So you know, mm-hmm. noted, but, um, yeah, once you, once you get a team that starts thinking drills, starts thinking, watching film, you're, they're going to be on their way to the, you know, the elite eight in no time versus just playing as much as possible. So hopefully I'm lending to some of that answer for, for Manny. Yeah. I, the last thing I'll say is like, I described like individual drills, but like, if you can do drills as a group, that's like, that's incredible, right? It's super oh, yeah. hard to get people even to show up for practices, let alone like trim away all the fun stuff and like really work on like the tedious stuff. So if, you know, but it's it's super valuable. So like if, if you know, I think if there is something that you think your team struggles with, I, definitely pitch it to your team, see if they would be up for spending an hour of like your next session together or an hour at the park just kind of working on this one thing it might be the rush it might be you know how you're countering after the opponent is on offense like that's really good stuff because it you definitely notice it um it's the next time you play you just feel so comfortable and you're executing way better than you ever have yeah i one day when i have time i might reach out to captains and be like, Hey, would you be willing to help us compile a dodgeball strategy book? Like, I Mm. think there's a lot of information out there to glean so that in the future, when, you know, team USA coaches are looking for something to pull material from it's, it's there. Anyway, too many good ideas right now. Um, and as we, as we move on with these questions, uh, you pulled these from your Instagram story, just in case anybody's wondering, I don't know if anybody's like still on the threads, but um, I appreciate those that actually took the time to respond to your story and, and come up with some questions. Um, Corey Little asks, who are some of your dodgeball mentors, people in the community look to for ideas and advice? That's a good one. Hmm. Well, I talked a little bit about the players that influenced me last time in uh, Tom Nielsen, Zach Gaynor, and Peter Rothbart. Towards so the end of just... part one, in case anybody wants to know where that, yeah, where that was. I'll leave, I'll leave that one there. Um, people that I consult with, I'm really lucky here in Seattle. We have, um, Dodgeball Seattle is a nonprofit, so we have board members, an executive board. Um, so those are folks that I, you know, will typically check in with whenever I'm not sure about something. Um, we also have, like, amazing league organizers here we've got maybe 16 to 20 league organizers in seattle each league has a group of maybe four four or five um so i'll check in with league organizers too and 
I mean, a lot of the times the stuff that, you know, you're thinking about is stuff that you want to make sure that you do right and that you're not overlooking, you know, groups that, that are going to be affected in a way that you're not expecting. Um, you know, whenever you're doing community organizing, like um, a lot of times your your initial thought is is good and just implementing it, communicating it and kind of like getting input from like various perspectives is is key to like making making that kind of vision come come to reality. So I'm really lucky. I've got tons of uh, folks here who love dodgeball and and have experience doing stuff that I can I can check in with. Yeah, that's good. Cause I, excuse me, I, I like that question. It's like, yeah, who does Lucas go to for ideas? Because not to butter you up, but like in my mind, you've you've got you've established a pretty solid thing out there, and I figure you've got the answers for for pretty much anything that could come your way in terms of community building and league organizing to, you know, things like the thing. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Who, who do, who do the masters turn to? Um, that was a good one. Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually thinking about it. Like there's a, there's a really weird, like DC type quote that, thank you for that. I was like, is it, is it my brain somewhere? Um, Omar Rosen, uh, Let's be going. Tell us about hardships you, you us to deal with. Okay, tell us about hardships you had to deal with, like shoulder injuries. I'm guessing he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, news, I, I'll talk about my shoulder injury really quickly. Um, yeah, I played at Tyler Greer's Dodgeball Tribune Draft Tournament in like 2019, and um, looks like it was at the end of 2018. Um, and it was two days long. We played foam, no sting and 8.5 rubber. And we did round robins and knockout divisions for both. And each day we were playing all three ball types. And by the end of that, my arm was wrecked and I came back to Seattle. I had like a league playoff night, like midweek and I threw and like my arm went numb. Yeah. And I was like, something is wrong. Like my arm is totally messed up. And sure enough, I went in, I went to the doctor and I was trying to get an MRI. They did an ultrasound because it was just quicker and cheaper. And they found like a bicep tear and they found like another tear and like my supraspinatus. And basically I, I spent the next, hmm, good portion of the year just kind of like rehabbing and and kind of like read first of all like calming down the injury like like giving the 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 shoulder a break and then kind of like slowly building it back up um and that that was awful right because it was it was really hard to be to not be able to do the thing that you love to do. Um, I, I, I couldn't resist playing. So I, I played left-handed for a couple of leagues. So I had this alter ego called lefty Lou and, uh, 
one my, one of my running jokes was that Lefty Lou like did all the things that Lou Cost wouldn't do. So like I like at pickup nights, Lefty Lou would like cheat and <laughs> uh, uh it was it was a running joke. I was definitely playing into it and everyone was in on the joke too. But um yeah, there was a lot of people that I met as Lefty Lou. And they had heard that I was good at dodgeball, but they had never seen me play. Um, so it was, it definitely was like a hit to the ego, right? Because I was like, no, I'm, I'm really good. Like, you should, this isn't me. You should, <laughs> should listen to what I have to say, you know, like, um, but not being able to like back it up or like show it. Um, but uh, I, you know, thankfully, like, it was great to still be a part of the community. And um, I mentioned on the last pod that I started the Instagram around that time just to like remind myself of like what, what it was like to be healthy and, and prosper on the dodgeball court. Um, yeah, and I, I took a video of like the first day I started throwing overhand again. And I, I have a video from like, my my like sports doctor chiro chiropractor um office and i'm like slowly like moving my arm and like gently tossing a no sting at the wall and like i just remember like how good it felt just to like do that again even for the first time and and then, uh, yeah, yeah, it took me a while to like kind of build up to like performance level. But I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I blamed it. I, I still do. I blame it on seven inch foam. I was throwing seven inch foam with like 8.5 rubber, like technique and, and power and just like totally destroying my my shoulder in the process. So I told myself that once I was on the recovery that I would focus on seven inch foam and I would like master it. And that has really been the only ball type that I've used since coming back. So I've been really dedicated to seven inch foam since kind of like the winter of uh, 2019. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a long process, but um, it's definitely made me really appreciate being healthy and being able to be active. And it's made me that much more focused on injury prevention and um, warming up and, and taking care of my body. I want to go back to, I know I want you to say this for the people in the back, when you felt your arm go numb, you stopped playing. And then what did you do? You saw a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yeah i mean yeah that's amazing i uh, yeah i i it was like you know like we we're, we're used to like arm arm pain right a lot of us are used to arm pain we like we push through it at certain events we feel it days after tournaments but there was something about this moment that like was extraordinary and it was kind of like this, the dam had broken, you know, like you knew something was wrong. Like this is beyond like yeah. normal pain. Yeah. And, and it, and it made me realize that like, 
the whole time my body was telling me to stop right like like there were so many times where the arm and shoulder were like hey 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 and i was just like i remember just pushing through and uh yeah i, I ended up going to a doctor and and uh yeah so you're like oh yep. that that's what nerves are for and yeah, for, for people that just like try to tough out injuries, um, I, I, I made Robert uh, one of my teammates who, in my opinion, is very young, way too young to be having the massive shin splints that he had. I was like, dude, you're not playing in another event with us until you see a doctor and get cleared. And the amount of resistance this, this kid put up was absurd. I'm like, dude, you want to be my age and walking and running and being able to do half the things I can do. So like as your captain slash friend, like you were, you will not play with me until you see a doctor, like just freaking do it. And, uh, like Lila had to twist his arm. So kudos to people that can recognize like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not good. I should be, I should go see a dang doctor. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, that's yeah. good, good, good on you because that's totally true. And, and oftentimes like we don't give ourselves the same treatment that we would give like our best friends, you know, like they, they say, you know, treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend. And if you saw your friend in pain every time, like you would, you would offer to help, or you would, you would try to find a way that they can avoid that pain. And I, I think that, I don't know, like, I, I want to play dodgeball and for a long time. And, you know, it's important that for me anyways, that I'm playing in a way that's sustainable and, um, I think that's important that, uh, you know, that we, we all find, find ways to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's all about, um, especially as we get older preservation and, and trying to play, play as long as possible. And just sometimes you just have to step away and say like, Nope, I have to say this one out as much as it hurts. And, um, one of the things I wanted to kind of ask on top of that was, um, just so, like the. I don't know if you like were in a slump or if you had any difficulty coming back to the Lucas before the injury. Like, did you feel like you were um, chasing that former version of yourself? Were you able to regain your skills right away? Um, yeah. Yeah. To yeah. There's a couple events that I remember playing in when I, after I was cleared, but I wasn't at like performance levels or full or you know back to 100 percent that i still think back upon and i'm like man i should have benched myself like i should have i should have put someone else in like i wasn't i wanted to be there like my mentality was there but i just wasn't able to contribute in the same way um i'm trying to think how long it took me to like really get going um I think it wasn't until it, so it took me about a year to get back on the court. And I think it wasn't until like the spring of 2020 that I felt really healthy again. Um, yeah. Did you were you ever like discouraged at all? Like, or did you just know like, Hey, I'll, couple reps, couple games, I'll get back to where I need to be. Did um, you ever have any self-doubt? I mean, I mean, pre, pre being cleared or before I was being cleared, it was discouraging because, 
you know, the rehab is just diligence, right? Like you just have to do it. And, and, you know, no one is going to make you do it. You need to like be your own boss. You have to, you know, make time for it, make sure you're keeping up with it. So like that, that's, I, I am not good like at maintenance. <laughs> I'm not like a, I'm like a project or goal oriented person where I can just like burn bright and then fizzle out. I'm not a great like endurance or long-term planner slash focuser. Um, so rehab was really challenging for me. Um, but I think that once I was cleared to play, it was great to, to experience and see that success slowly come back. Um, so that, that was really rewarding. It was, you know, it was, you were getting to see the fruits of your labors like every, every time you touch the court. So that was awesome. Nice. Tanya, uh, Toribio. Mm -hmm. She asks, have you ever wanted to step back from organizing? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Tanya is a, Tanya, a, a captain in our social league and has joined up this year. So yeah. Thanks for the question, Tanya. Um, yeah, I, I dream about it all the time. I think, um, you know, one of my, like I talked about this last time, but one of my big goals is to make sure that dodgeball is still happening in Seattle after, after me. And I want to make sure that, you know, um, there are dodgeball opportunities for folks just like me well into the future. And, um, that means kind of doing everything I can to support um, others and, and share what I've learned with others so that, so that they can, you know, be successful in, in doing their dodgeball leagues and, and tournaments. Um, and it, it's happening. Like I'm right now, I'm not running any of the leagues in Seattle. So um, that is like a dream come true. And, um yeah i i do i do dream about a day where i'm not organizing there is a part of me however that is just like i i just always want to host another thing like another another event you know like you and i were talking about like full court seven inch foam when we chatted for the part one and i was like man that sounds awesome and so like all the gears start turning and I'm just like, oh, let's just do that. That could be fun. And um, another one, actually over the weekend, I was working, helping take down the tournament at nationals with Joey Kramer and Chris Jesus, And we are, we're in the back of the venue loading up the truck together. And we started chatting and all of a sudden we had this idea of this kind of like masters event, you know, like 30 or 35 and older dodgeball tournament. That's like, maybe just like five hours of dodgeball and like the rest of the day is just like massage and <laughs> food and drink and like just super relaxed. And so anyways, I think there'll always be like kind of this, um, 
restlessness in me that makes me want to host events and and bring people together and and share good times. It's funny you mentioned the masters because I've I've heard that before and it was teased somewhere years ago that there's going to be like a 35 and up tournaments or division. And I mean, there's like 56 year olds out there playing softball. So it's, it's possible. I think, I don't know if you can sustain some of the movement, some of the movements that would be similar to dodgeball to where it's actually still fun. I think that's where we kind of got into pickleball in the first episode, but, uh, can you post it if you ever decide to do a master's tournament? That sounds amazing. Just, you know, five hours of play with older people and just relaxing the rest of the day. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will. And anybody else out there who wants to be a part of it, hit me up. And I'm sure the more, the more interest, the more likely it is to happen. Awesome. Um, let's see. Ruin Chapel. Yeah, that's right. Ruan. Yeah, my Ruan. teammate. Uh, top three post dodgeball eats. Oh my gosh! Uh, he's not asking. He's he's using an exclamation point there. It's just so. an exclamation yep. mark. Um, I'll just say like, I like when I'm training really hard. Like I I don't I don't drink. I'm basically like a straight edge person who doesn't like have like a I don't know I don't drink or or do any drugs. Um, so my my vices are like food and drink and I have, I have a big sweet tooth. Um, so leading up to like worlds, I like stopped eating dessert. Um, so when I finally made it to worlds, like at worlds, I like treated myself to like an awesome, like, I don't know, like ice cream sundae or something like at the restaurant we went out to and, um, I'm I'm known to do that like at tournaments. Like I, I usually eat really healthy and then like at the tournament after party I'll have like a nice greasy like tuna melt with fries and you know. So um yeah. So the last the last awesome post game meal that I had was this um tuna melts with um just kind of like just crispy bread butter you know browned buttered bread and pickles and just awesome just perfect perfect greasy meal for me um so yeah that's kind of how i like to do it i'll i try to earn i try to earn my my uh my treats nice um so we're gonna move on to just your thoughts you're not speaking as anything or anyone other than you as a player. Um, if you can, I don't know. Well, I'll just let you decide how you want to answer this one. But um, what would you like to see done or improved for dodgeball as a whole? Oh my gosh! Um, and you've had weeks to think about this, so <laughs> yeah, no excuses, right? Yep. Well, I'll get started. I I would love to see more dodgeball communities. I, I think plain and simple, like it is, I, it's just like really sad when people are like, I'm going to like this major city. Is there any dodgeball? And like, people Curtis. are like, actually, no, there's no dodgeball in this major American city. So 
like I would love for there to be a dodgeball community in like every major city in America. Um, that sounds just ridiculous, but I, I think I think that would be a great first step. Um, I think part of that is is going to be finding finding passionate individuals and connecting them with resources and support and to make that happen. Um, I think USA Dodgeball does kind of have that on their radar. So I, I think that, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but, um, you know, if there is anybody out there who's interested in kind of starting a Dodgeball community, please hit me up. I'd love to help you and, and however I can. Um, what else would I like to see done for dodgeball? Um, I would like to, specific to USA dodgeball. I would like, hmm, let me, I'm going to, I'll come back to this one. Um, I'd like to see more youth dodgeball in America. Um, I think in a lot of places, but in Seattle in particular, uh, dodgeball is banned in public schools. Um, I'd like, I was actually thinking about like looking into like what it would take to like reverse that ban. Um, I think there's a lot of sports that if they were um, introduced inappropriately or by the wrong person, that they would be dangerous. And I think that dodgeball is, is just like many of those sports. Um, and it has lots of, uh, benefits and and is very i think i think kids love dodgeball like i think it's super fun and you know anytime you can get young people to be active and and get into sports it's probably a good thing so um that might be something that i look into um i would love to hear if other people have any ideas or strategies on that but it is it was very clear to me when i went to malaysia just how lacking we were in youth dodgeball when I saw the amount of young dodgeballers from Hong Kong. And so that that's something else I'd love to see done or improved. Um, I had, I'd had a conversation with Joe Coella about that. Um, so I know that is also on kind of USA dodgeballs radar. Um, what else? Uh, I guess my last thing, I, Steve, I feel like I'm nailing this answer. I'm going to hit like three great ones. wish list items. Um, I think the last thing is I would like there to be more. I, I, I would like there to be better behavior from dodgeballers at events. Um, and I think there's a lot of different stakeholders and people that will be required for that to happen first and foremost the players themselves i think um as players we need to uh, kind of remember you know that this is a small community and that you can't we can't we can't treat each other and disrespect each other and and take each other for granted um and i think it falls on organizers and and community members to kind of set guidelines and and expectations appropriately and and kind of put into place protocols to handle 
with misbehavior. And sometimes that means like making sanctions or consequences for bad behavior that 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 are severe, that that really deter that behavior in the future. Um, this year, the implementation of the blue card, I think, was a really good step in that direction. Um, <clears throat> but uh, and but I I, I want. I, I was at nationals and I still just saw too too much of it. And um, so, yeah, that's the third one for me. Yeah, I'm not going to name names or anything specific, but I, I did hear of one incident. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, the the tools are there, cards are there. So that's kind of on the, the ref to not enforce that and make that happen, set an example. Um, it's definitely a... I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I, I can I can almost understand a couple of heated seconds and then you cool yourself off and regain your composure and remember you're just playing dodgeball. But uh there there's still after all these years of playing, there's still certain people out there that just go way too far. It's like, how is this even a thing? And why do I know that this person's not gonna be punished in some way? But uh those are good answers, man. Um I think we talked about like youth. There should definitely be plenty of kids lined up ready to replace, you know, you and I when we step off the court. Um, it's not quite there yet. Hopefully we'll see that. I think there's a lot to learn from these other countries that have a solid program and have figured out how to get past the stigma of dodgeball um in schools and have obviously gone beyond the movie. And one thing I wanted to, to comment and I don't know if maybe you had this experience. Um I was also gonna post this on the um on the thread, but, um, you know, I ran into two people, um, the guy was sitting next to me on the flight over and the kid that checked out my rental. And when they asked what I was in town for, I said, I'm here to play in a dodgeball tournament. And I did not get the, Oh, just like the movie reference I got. That's awesome. Where are you guys playing? And I was like, ah, like the high, highville arena, high V something like that. And like, Oh, the high V I'm like, yeah, actually. Yes. And they're like, Oh, that's so cool, man. Like, and I was waiting for, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Or I was just waiting for something, and I never got that. All I got was just excitement, and um, I even got the kids, one of the kids' info to give to Brett Cobble since he's in Kansas City. And um, whether or not the other guy I was talking to, he's probably a little bit, maybe ten years older than I am, he's just being polite. Um, it it kind of told me like, hey, maybe, maybe this is a sign of a of a small shift in dodgeball being taken seriously. It's it's I mean, it's only been nineteen years since the movie came out. Like, did you have any experiences like that by chance? Any interactions with, with people? You know, I I feel like it's always the uh, Uber drivers that we end up getting into small talk with because, you know, they're we are usually asking for tips or telling them, you know, that we're out of we're out of towners. And um, I think at at nationals this year there was a big billboard at the airport it said like welcome dodgeballers i didn't hear and, that but that is so freaking cool to hear about yeah i didn't i didn't see it either i wonder if anyone out there got a photo of it but but i had heard from another dodger that their uber driver was like aware of the tournament already they were just like oh yeah i heard about that that was going on you know That's and cool. like like you said it's like we're not used to people being aware of us um, or or thinking positively about dodgeball. So like it's really cool to see that 
you know, this could be the beginning of a of a new a new era of dodgeball. Yeah, um, which is a great segue into thinking into thinking asking where do you think dodgeball will go? Like, what's your dodgeball vision? Um, let's just say five years from now, where, where do you think we'll be? Oh my gosh. Um, well, um, wow. I, I do think, I think, okay, I'll just, I'll paint one, one possible reality. I think there's just so many possibilities, but I think I think there's going to be a lot more like foam and cloth dodgeball being played in the U.S. Um, USA dodgeball like took on foam last year, I believe, for the first time. And this year it felt like one of the biggest divisions. I think that cloth <clears throat> is picking up fast. I think that like people like me who are highly competitive and driven and motivated are going to be attracted to those formats that are played internationally because we want to compete against the very best and and learning those formats like allows us to go engage with those communities like it was such a treat to be able to go to Malaysia and to like be familiar with that game and to be able to be fluent in that format in that ball type um I I think the same would be for like for Europe right like if if you wanted to go play dodgeball in Europe and you knew how to play cloth, like that would just be like such a treat um, to be able to just drop in and, and do something you love abroad. So I, I think, I think that could be a very big possibility is just a, a lot more foam and a lot more cloth. <clears throat> I think, let's see, are there any other predictions I have? Um, I mean, like the things like the billboard at, at nationals and like the goodie bags, like all that little, all the little details, I think there, there could be like possibly more business partnerships, sponsorships with dodgeball to kind of like offset some of these costs slash make local leagues more profitable or or more sustainable for like the organizers themselves um trying to think of any other like predictions i have i think they're like we're starting to see like more streaming right with bill and dodgeball ttv um i think that the dodgeball content is going to continue to increase like i'm friends with some guy in la that i've never ever met but he just posts clips from like open gyms and like they're they're pretty sweet they're awesome so like it's cool i i feel like that is expanding and growing and um hopefully like the like content creators can be a way for like dodgeball communities around the world to connect and celebrate the game and and raise the awareness the guy that streams and shows content is that Armand by chance? No, I I remember Armand. Um, no, there there's a guy who does like clips from LA. I'll I'll find out his name before we get off the pod. But gotcha. He uh, 
he's he's like very he's very good at editing um he's definitely got some a video editor background or, or works with somebody um but he i think he's in the same community as vince march banks because uh they are often crossing over in each other's videos it's, it's not connor is it lou no it's not him i gosh oh all right well let me know if you find out yeah otherwise we'll start name dropping people it's showing up on our feed um do you have a career highlight i have a career highlight um i think the coolest thing i i i think the coolest highlight that i have is was a play that i made back in 2017 I was on Rainbows, and it was the semifinals of the co-ed 8.5 round in LA. We were playing Echo, and I had this night, like, I had, like, a combo that, like, worked out exactly the way, like, you would want a combo to work at pickup, except it was against Pyon and Catchem. So I was lined up against Pyon, and... I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I hit Pyan. He had he threw a ball across court and I hit him and then I dropped to my knees and I caught catch him like coming cross court. <clears throat> and like, you know, like those are two of the greatest players on earth. And I was just like, holy cow, like that was awesome. <laughs> um so that that's definitely one of my like favorite plays, like technically challenging plays um yeah yeah i'll say that that's my career highlight i'd say uh maybe like off-court stuff um to make team usa and to be named captain is just like i still don't quite believe it that it happened like i, I have such strong imposter syndrome that like <laughs> you know it's hard to believe that it 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 happened that I was there, that I was on the floor, that I was a part of that team. Um, so that, that will be something that I'm just always, um, kind of just honored and grateful to have been a part of. Well, hopefully there's still, uh, room for many more highlights to come. Um, just sounds like you're not going to stop anytime soon. So, uh, we'll have to maybe revisit, revisit that down the road, but, uh, Pretty solid ones, man. I bet if you looked, um, again, we talked about this, I think in part one, if you can go back in time, you know, just come out of the, come out of the bushes and just grab a yellow hoodie and be like, Hey man, just so you know, uh, this, this, this path you just took is going to lead to some crazy, crazy epic adventures. Um, uh, you'd probably be like, you're out of your mind, man. There's, there's no way I would get that far in dodgeball. Who'd have, who'd have thought? Um, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, totally, totally. I, I'll just throw this out there. I remember in 2012, I was like taking a break from dodgeball and I started dating Michaela, my now wife. <clears throat> and I remember where I was when I told her, I was like, I think, I think I'm going to start a dodgeball league. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and, and I was like taking a break from dodgeball, like when we started dating and I just like, 
I think she gave me like kind of like support and was just like, yeah, like that sounds cool. And then like, I do, I went deep. I went deep from there. It, like, it's all downhill uh, after never that. took a break again. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, real quick, my, my dodgeball origin story was, um, I was working full time. I was 20 years old at Target and, um, just awful, awful hours. And my friend, uh, Logan decided he wanted to play dodgeball one night and this, this, this checked in with all the things that he would do and he's all, she can play dodgeball. So he was like, no, it's stupid. Why would everyone play dodgeball? And it, Cause it was Saturday night and it was like, you know, nine, 9 PM. And, uh, I just remember being so resistant and so like, I'm not going, like I have to work tomorrow. I'm an adult. I've got responsibilities while this jack wagon is playing dodgeball. It's so stupid. And then after like an hour of just sitting there, I went and big mistake. <laughs> like, oh man, that was that was a, a turning point in my life. Um, yeah, it's just so crazy how life turns out sometimes. Um, what was the most difficult moment you've overcome, whether in dodgeball or life? And I don't know if you've maybe shared that with your shoulder, if you have another example for dodgeball if you want to even go into personal stuff but i'll leave that one up to you yeah um yeah this, i mean there's a lot of ways i could go here i will i will talk about dodgeball stuff i think being a league organizer slash community organizer has a lot of uh difficult times um there's just <sighs> there's a lot of times where you're trying to do what's best for the community and you're unsure of your, you know, what's the right move. And uh, it, it definitely puts you in positions where you are, you are, you know, having to make decisions that negatively impact your friends, uh, affect you socially affect you like mentally affect affect your friends socially and mentally um we've had some like really 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 difficult situations here in seattle in the last few years and definitely were some of like the worst times uh, for our community um it like thankfully we have like a lot of dedicated board members and and organizers here and so like that work wasn't being shouldered by me alone um and so you know we had each other we supported each other through it but um you know stuff stuff that just really like tears communities apart and and um really like you know there is is no easy answer. There is no, there's no, there's no easy choice. There's no like simple way out. Like, you know, ev everything, any option you choose is going to have like negative impacts for people. And, and so like really just, you know, trying to do your best and, and really kind of examining, you know, what is, what is your mission? What is your job as an organizer? And, and, you know, like, how how can you do your job to make sure that dodgeball keeps happening and that people can keep coming back and <clears throat> to a place that's safe and welcoming 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, with I don't really want to get into specifics here, but I think that um, being an organizer can be extremely, extremely hard. It, it comes with a lot of a lot of joy and, you know, um, but there are there are just, you know, incredibly difficult things as well. And um, um, yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of like just awful stuff that <laughs> I don't really want to talk about. But um, I think the dodgeball community is a microcosm of, of life. And I think, you know, there's just beauty and, and, and sadness. And um, I guess what I would say, just based on my experiences, is that kind of what we said earlier is just don't don't take any of it for granted and um you know really appreciate the people who are there with you um you know like don't don't overlook anyone don't don't um uh, this sounds so corny but like do, you know don't disrespect folks or 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 take for granted like where other people are coming from Right. Like we've all we were all we're all on our own journeys that have led us to these to these events and places together. And that is like a special thing. And, um, you know, uh, you should we should all like take a second and make sure we are appreciating that. Nice. Yeah. Um, definitely don't need to go into specifics and gossip, but um yeah, I don't really have anything to expand upon with that one. Just kind of like how we opened the episode with, you know, we really need to be grateful for what we have. It's it's pretty amazing, all of it, right? The the good and the bad. <clears throat> um, yeah. What do you want to achieve in dodgeball? Is there something that you can achieve, and then you're like, I'm good, <laughs> or are you just gonna keep going? Yeah. Uh, well, on my list, short, short list is, um, I would, I want to win a national championship with fortune. Um, we just had our chance. We just, we fell short of our goal. Um, so that's, I mean, I think that has been my goal this year and it's been kind of our driving motivator this year. Uh, so it's, it's like hard to even just say it again because it's, it's the beginning of another long journey, but it's on there for me. I think that's something I really want. Um, I would love to win a world championship with Team USA. Um, last year, we lost in the quarterfinals to Canada. And that was like a a big disappointment for us as a team and you know we had a lot of roster turnover we had a lot of it you know excuses and you know reasons slash excuses why you know we we didn't bring home the gold as you know which was our goal um but i think this year we have um we're we're moving in the right direction we we've already started the process of building the team we've already um had a team practice we 
did one at nationals. Um, so we were building chemistry a lot faster. We have a lot more returning players than we did previously. Um, we, I think we have a chip on our shoulder. We, we want to kind of show, show the world what we're made of. I think we're highly motivated. Um, so I think winning another world championship would be a huge, huge thing for me and, um, would be like something that I would definitely feel like it would be an incredible accomplishment. Um, I'm, let me see if I can think of like, like a, just kind of an oddball one. Um, I, <laughs> after going to Malaysia, like I'm kind of interested in like traveling for dodgeball more. And I, I think it would be amazing to like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have the resources to travel for dodgeball more, but I, I would love to like, you know, you know, how I think you talked about that Austrian like beach dodgeball. Oh man. I would love to like hit up some of those like events that, that I've heard about, you know, for years that are just might, might be like something that I've overlooked or, or just never thought was possible, but I'd love to like go to some of these events with, with like my team, my teammates, like fortune. Like I would love to like, like if there was a way to go back to Malaysia with fortune, I, it would be like a life achievement. Like it would just be memories that we would just have forever. Um, so I think something like that would be really special is to like kind of do like a, a special dodgeball field trip across the world. Yeah. If only money was not an object, right? Or whatever the saying is. Um, there's just so much out there. Um, I keep thinking about that, that tournament and it just, I have to, I don't know if it's still happening. I, I think Emmanuel uh, Tan just did one last outcast showing for it very recently. I hope it's still going because that's definitely on my dodgeball bucket list. It just sounds incredible. Just like, just a heck of an experience. But um, I've been dying to ask you this question. Um, <clears throat> and that is, what does life look like for you after dodgeball? And is there such a thing? Oh what, my god! What do you do well, when you are just, for whatever reason? I hope it's good, but you are you're you're done. What, what does that look like, man? Yeah, I mean, I I was talking with a an older Dodger about this the other day. He his name is Sean Doherty. He he's a an organizer in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, he's maybe ten years older than me. And he told me that I was never going to be out of it. He said, he, he, he heard me talking about life after dodgeball. And he said, you got to be kidding me. You're never, you're never stopping. So maybe he might know something I don't know, but I think, I mean, life after dodgeball, I think like there will be a point for me that I'm not able to play dodgeball at a, at a high level, like whether my body just stops or I'm just not able to, um, you know, do what I, what I want to do. Um, so I think that will be kind of like 
like a like at the beginning the end of a chapter and then maybe the beginning of another chapter so i think i think that will be like psychologically challenging i i've seen like a lot of dodgeballers like high end dodgeballers just retire <clears throat> and i think that part of it is coming to grips with with not winning anymore or or you know not not being successful on the court in the way that they're accustomed to um so like i guess i'm mentally preparing for that um i think there will be a time i would i mean i would like to start a family one day and so i know there's going to be a time that dodgeball will not be a priority or won't be the priority for me um so i think like those two things kind of overlapping could be could be a big change for me in my relationship to the dodgeball community. Um, that being said, like I would, I, I think that like I, like the event host in me will probably always want to like just pop up and host like a silly tournament or like we have we have these pop up nets that we used for like outdoor dodgeball and like I'm sure I'm gonna want to host like. A dodgeball picnic or a dodgeball beach day like i'm sure it's always going to be a part of my life um but i just i think i'm <laughs> as i move forward i'm going to be less physically able and and have less time uh to really give to to the game scary thought um, I, I, I do have one other like thing that is kind of fun. Um, during COVID, when we couldn't play dodgeball indoors, I was thinking about what are activities that I could do that aren't where I'm outdoors and I'm not in close proximity with other people that I can do safely. And I, I kind of got interested in kiteboarding. I I started like watching like YouTube videos and Instagram reels and I joined like a kiteboarding Facebook group just to kind of like learn like what the community was all about and then I think it was the end of the school year I was teaching full time that year and I had more more money than I've ever had I was like salaried um, I was like, what's something that I've never done just because I couldn't afford it? And I just didn't, you know, I never thought was possible. And I was like, kiteboarding, like I've, I've been interested in this, like, you know, for like a year and like, let me try it. So I, I like, I signed up for some kiteboarding lessons and I went out and I just had a blast. Like it was, it was so cool. Like I'm, I'm a city slicker. Like I, I've grown up in the city. I spend like I live basically downtown. Um, you know, I'm a very much a city slicker. And so getting out on the water and like being connected to the water and to the wind was like such a different way of of being. And like you send up like a giant kite into the sky and like you feel like the full power of the wind like it is so powerful and i remember going to bed that night and just like being like pulled around like in my sleep 
<laughs> and long story short, I I loved it. And at the end of my lessons, I bought like a kit. I bought a kite. I bought a wetsuit. I bought a board. And I was like, this is going to be my my thing after after dodgeball. And and maybe I didn't say like after dodgeball, but I was like, this is going to be my next thing. And and then when I made Team USA, I was like, I can't do any kiteboarding. <laughs> like, nope. like, if I get hurt, I'm going to never forgive myself. So I like the, the the gear. It's all just hanging up downstairs in my in my basement. But um, I'm looking forward to like getting back out there and, you know, learning, learning a new thing. Well, it's good that you're actually like entertaining a uh, something. Um you know, like we said about like you're never gonna you know part from it. Um, did you ever watch uh, Rocky Two? You know I have not seen the Rocky movies. Oh man, they are so good. Um, the first three, fourth is more for fun. Five is like uh, see where we're trying to go. There's a good story there, good message. Six was also good, and then um, but yeah, if you ever have like two hours to kill. If one doesn't hook you, two and three won't. But um, it is very good, and, and I'll always leave that alone. <clears throat> but there's a there's a scene where um, in two, Rocky, you know, he's done with this fight. I'll, I'll try not to give anything away, but he he's like he's done fighting, or so he thinks he is, and he still gravitates around the gym, like he still goes there and asks if he can like. I don't, I don't know what the, the title is, but he basically is like just, uh, um, we call it, uh, like he mops, he cleans, he's just like an extra hand and, and people are like, yo, what, you're Rocky. Like, why, why are you here picking up people's spit rags and, and stuff? And he says, I, I just want to be close to it. And mm. man, I felt that I was like, fudge, like I can't, uh, I, I'm obviously in podcasting. I can't stay away. And so when I ask this question of, of, of people, it's, it's to give me ideas. It's a very selfish based question. It's like, well, some people say golf, maybe I'll try that. I don't know if I'll try, uh, what you were suggesting earlier, just cause I live in the desert, but, uh, maybe, maybe it's pickleball, maybe it's, uh, more gaming. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I love asking, especially people like yourself who've been around for so dang long, like what, what do we do when it's over? It's, uh. It's going to be an interesting, interesting time. Um, family is probably a good, a good focus. So to take all all that energy and focus and actually raise a raise a kid, um, that's probably a good one. But um, yeah, I I also have like a a hunch that like somehow some way I'll end up like coaching like youth sports and like very likely youth dodgeball. Like like I don't know that there is anything in Seattle. But like, I'm probably gonna start it. <laughs> so that that's another very distinct possibility. Yeah. I mean that that'd be um, that'd be one way to kind of build towards the future, right? Just uh, coaching youth sports and and still contributing in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um. So this question, I started doing like a. Uh, asking the current person that I'm interviewing to ask a question for the future person, and they have no idea who it is. And so 
even though I kind of dropped the um, Michael Davies uh, episode in the middle of this one, um, your question would have come from Michelle Radley, and I love this one. Um, in fact, I'm just going to make it like a stable question, and that is, um, is there something you can say to all the upcoming new players coming into dodgeball to keep them coming back, and what would it be? Uh, um, yes, I would say if you're having fun now, it only gets more fun. And I think that dodgeball is like very rewarding. It has like such a fun learning curve. Um, I think that being new in the community is also like a big perk. Like everyone is really interested in you and like wants to meet you. Um, so like whether you know it or not, like, like, like that, that is like a permission to just like make friends and, 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 and meet people. Um, I asked some folks at nationals this year, I was like, who, who were, it was their first nationals. And I was like, who were some folks that you saw play that you really impressed by? And they dropped some names. And at the end of it, I said, you know, I think if you're up for it, I really encourage you all to go up to that person and say that, like, I'm sure they're going to be really flattered and they're going to want to know about you and where you're from. And, um, so those, those would be some of the things I'd say to new, new players. Um, I, the other thing I'd say to new players is that like, like the community I think is really giving and open and like, you'd be surprised, um, how many people are willing to help you on your dodgeball journey like if if there's a player out there who has a skill that you are trying to work on like i bet you they'd be happy to like share some tips with you um so yeah definitely reach out to to your community members and 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 participate and engage and um it's it's an awesome 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 space to be in yeah, and it's it's funny because uh, talking about post nationals um, posts, Aaron McGabbard, um, she had posted something really cool. Like, how do you you know how do you stay cool and composed on the court? And if she's listening, hopefully she doesn't mind me saying this, but she also tied her mental health to her how that translates onto the court, and um, just learned that the two were kind of combined, which is kind of cool way to to look at things. But then the people that were just chiming in was awesome. Like immediately people were, were giving their suggestions and their advice. So um, that's just kind of yeah, real time examples. I saw that. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And I think, I think uh, Taylor, you will maybe mention like a sports psychologist and that's right. Like how cool is that? Right. Like, um, you know, like I, I think there's that team psychologist in Ted Lasso that is just like classic, but it's, yeah, it's, it's so real. It's real. It's like a, it is such a mental game. Um, and it's really cool that Aaron brought that up and that the community is, is not afraid to talk about it. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, it's important. It's very real. Love seeing it. Love seeing when people just throw in, whether it's like workout suggestions, conditioning suggestions, anything that, you know, somebody's kind of putting themselves in that, that little um, vulnerable position 
to ask something and then bam, 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 you just see responses. So love when that happens. Um, your question uh, that you asked Davies was, what is the play you wish you could take back? And I asked him that. And honestly, I, I don't remember his answer. Um, it all comes to me afterwards, but that was a three and a half hour episode that I was just not expecting. So man, we, we went all over the place, but just so you know, like your, your question was directed to him and mm-hmm. uh, he has a good one for the next person. But uh cool man i mean we could probably talk for another couple hours i mean i think cumulatively we're probably five hours total so hopefully people don't mind the breaks i'm sure they actually appreciate that more but uh i mean with someone even looking going back to your like your grid and just all the experiences i'm sure we could probably cherry pick one thing and be like hey explain to me how you formed fortune or explain to me how you set up a league and that in itself could be an episode and that's definitely something I was thinking about um on the way back from work is you know there's there's little hints of um how to's for people that would be interested and I think after well now that the competitive dodgeball season's relatively over with um I might be going towards that for a couple episodes just to focus on you know for people that want to do something more than just show up and play and um I'll, I'll probably hit you up for that but uh I'm sure this will definitely not be the the last time you're on. Um, but for this interview, um, do you have any shout outs or anything you want to leave us with? Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have a few shout outs. Um, I wanted to shout out the, the pickup hosts who hosted Dodgeball way back in the day when I was a young buck just getting into it. There was a lady who hosted Seattle Street Dodgeball. Her name was Erin Grice. She had a mouth like a sailor (laughs) she was cussing and smoking and drinking and um am i allowed to swear on this steve you've been and you know what i've lost my clean my clean label so it's it's weapons free now like i okay okay (laughs) i remember like the first time i talked with you i just cussed way too much yeah that was the lucas nope factor and i was like oh okay this guy swears (laughs) holy crap i never thought just, oh, just careful with the f-bombs well, um, that's all i care about aaron aaron was a, a character and she i remember my dad came and watched one night like when he heard i was playing at the park and this like cultural phenomenon that was happening in seattle and and he was there and i'll never forget aaron aaron was used she would smack talk from the sideline and while she was on the court and she <laughs> she said like in the tracheotomy <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was just like man that that, that lady is cool um but does he sound like hank hill because that was <laughs> i don't know if that was intentional my dad or not was like a, a like an irish <laughs> an old irish man accent um but uh aaron grice shout out to aaron grice for hosting all those years um and then the folks over at loyal heights ben parsons and uh Ben, who hosted for years and years and years. Those guys are the ones who got me started. Um, shout out again to Mark Acom and Jake Mason for hosting so many events as Elite Dodgeball and USA Dodgeball. Um, just years and years of dodgeball fun from those guys. Um, shout out to the executive board of USA Dodgeball for 
the work they've been putting in this year. Um, nationals that just happened was just such a powerful event for me. Um, locally, I want to thank, shout out like all, all the Dodgeball Seattle event hosts. We have just so many people here in this community who are making Dodgeball happen for others. Um, it's really, really special and you are appreciated and 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 noticed and uh i want to give a shout out to the content creators steve thank you thank you kim thank you jenny hodge women of dodgeball the wad pod uh the rushdown the dodgeball podcast there's new ones coming out all the time i got to meet up with zach fernald the 70 foot podcast at nationals um there's <clears throat> there's podcasts abroad the catching out podcast um david tate's his old podcast the book of dodgeball um i love i love i love i love it all sergio justin bosch thank you all all you guys for all the interviews over the years um i love all the videos i'm seeing everybody who's posting clips it's so awesome it just I feel like it it makes you feel like this sport is cool and and it really it shares that with the world and I guess my last two shout outs uh would be to my teammates uh I'm kind of <laughs> I think I'm kind of a control freak uh of a captain of a teammate um so shout out to all my teammates over the years who put up with me and you know thank you for helping me become the player i am and uh last shout out to my partner in crime michaela giannotti boyle uh, she is so supportive of me and i can't believe she lets me do all this dodgeball nonsense that i've been doing <laughs> for the last 16 years and uh, she's she's right there and and always always there to ask me how the tournament went and and help help me when i when i need advice and and um she is my rock so thank you michaela and she plays dungeons and dragons so she must be awesome yeah she's doing it right now i can hear her yelling <laughs> in the other room that's so cool man <clears throat> well um appreciate the shout outs man and i, I really love that you're name dropping um people that have you know come given their their contribution to the sport and have moved on and you know maybe they'll hear it maybe they won't but you know at least somewhere out there in the universe um you know they're they're kind of remembered even if briefly and that's one thing i really love about this is just it gives a chance to immortalize these people um because i feel honestly man if you if you play dodgeball even once uh, you're important to me so um Cool, man. Well, uh, you know, I was going to do this in the sign-off, but I, I wanted to give a quick um, factoid. Um, season, I believe, two and three, and potentially even this season or next, um, those album covers were designed by you. And um, I, I just love working with you in these in these little collaborations. Um, I don't really know what I'm collaborating other than I give you like a macaroni picture of what I want and you give me like the Mona Lisa and it's, it's awesome because it's, 
it's it's the style like somehow it's it's exactly what i wanted and um i, I love um was it the season two where it's like you're just in a bedroom and there's just like easter eggs everywhere that, that's one of my most favorite things and i was so honored and flattered that you even did that for me um so i wanted people to to kind of know that that you you've contributed to this podcast in numerous ways from pre-caps recaps to um everything in between and i really do appreciate you for that and um yeah man this will, this will definitely not be the last time we have you on and i really hope that this these couple episodes came out well and uh we'll just leave it at that man thank you thank you steve this has been a pleasure and uh any anytime you need me awesome Alrighty, so that was uh, part three and the final piece of my interview with Lucas. And Lucas, thanks, man, for you know being willing to hop on and just let me kind of pick your brain, follow the questionnaire, go off tangents, and um, really give me the opportunity to just take my time uh, with this interview. And um, I'll say this until I guess I'm not re- not podcasting anymore. I, I I love taking my time. I know the interview with Michael Davies was 3.3 hours long, but uh, if the content's there and the conversation is flowing, um, I'm just going to go with it. And with somebody like Lucas, I mean, there are so many things that we could have easily just uh, zeroed in on from league development to community development to team development to coaching to all sorts of things. And if people would like for me to focus on specific topics from specific people, please let me know because I'd be more than happy to do that as well. And also probably help me stay on, on topic and not, not veer off into to left field about, um, you know, interesting things or at least things I find interesting. Um, but yeah, I appreciate everybody that submitted questions. I uh, appreciate everybody's feedback as always. Um, it was great seeing all those that I could see during nationals. I'm glad I went and, um, uh, you know, as I said in the opening of this this part three, I, I am just beyond grateful that uh, I decided to play dodgeball one day and just kept showing up. And uh, my intent is to keep showing up until I can't anymore. Um, and that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking. Um, for those of you that are with me, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. probably going to get to work on two tomorrow i'll see i'm trying to be if i want to drop both part two and part three on friday um or maybe part two on friday part three on monday but i'll let you know regardless and then yeah, um yeah. whatever whatever works for you i'd say don't don't push yourself too hard there's no no rush i'm uh i got pretty good at where my limit is and right now i think i'm at 30 percent. so 